And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. We don't give enough credit to signs, and we really should. That sign over there tells you great French fries. That sign over there tells you this is your exit. And look at that legendary sign. It's the Motel 6 sign. It tells you a great night's rest at a great price. Book online at motel6.com. And use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. Look for the signs. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a great price when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letter CP. Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That's a great deal. And that's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio. I'm Gary McNamara. He's Eric Harley. Good morning. Ah, have that first cup of coffee. Enjoy this moment because the rest of the day is going to be hell. No, it's- yeah, get used to it. You might as well be playing some Megadeth pretty loud right now because the day's just going to get louder as it goes on. You know, we had played uh, the last couple of days audio from Shark Tank's uh, Kevin O'Leary mm-hmm. that uh, is talking about the Trump case in New York. And I, the most fascinating thing, because the the results is what we expected. We didn't know that if, if he was going to go, you know, uh, up to, you know, raise another $100 million as they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the we knew Trump was already found guilty, and we knew they were going to make a statement uh, when it came to the money, yeah. and we knew that they were surge- with what they were trying to reach for. Now it's an abomination what they're doing, but I I think one of the most interesting things that has come out of this is again O'Leary talking about winner states and loser states. It's something that you and I asked the question on. I don't have the answer. I can't give you the the answer as to well this is. This is exactly where it's going to end up in this particular time frame. Mm-hmm. But it's something that you and I have, you know, discussed just in general. And I think maybe some of the uh, remember when uh, was it the the estimates of what the population of states would be in 75 years? Yeah. yeah. And it was the fact that Texas would you know be over 100 million people, Texas alone. Mm-hmm. in 75 years and then you would have um uh north texas where where we are basically dallas fort worth which is roughly seven and a half maybe seven six point mm-hmm. six million we'll have 35 million people in 75 years right and new york will be will smith and several mannequins <laughs> and but los angeles will grow but not nearly. I mean, at a rate of, I think they were, it was a couple of million more over mm-hmm. a 75-year period. Right. Now, most of that has to be from 
you know, most of that's not that's not coming from births. Mm-hmm. That's coming from immigration, one way or another. Right. I don't. I don't see that the futurists are looking there and saying, "Oh, the birth rate's going to drastically increase." Now, I don't know. I mean, it's as we know, everything goes in ebbs and flows. Well, in, it's interesting in, in because it, no, that's a that's a great that's a great thing to ponder here, because right now, and I don't know if it's generational or if it's one of these semi-permanent things as a society where, yeah, we're just not into having kids and families and it's going to last for a few decades. I I can't tell you. Now, you know, they say when, um, when disasters strike or after there's wars and everything else, that's when you see, you know, the growth in population and, but, I don't know that that necessarily happens if indeed there are and there will be, you know, disasters and probably some wars between now and and then. But I don't know what brings it back, what changes the mentality, because I don't know if it's just generational or one of those perma generational things that is society saying, yeah, maybe having more people isn't a good thing. And the reason... We find I find this fascinating is when you look at these states and you look at New York and California and they're quadrupling down on insane policies. The eventually, as we have stated, and you're seeing it right now, which is why I think the public uh, is slowly becoming independent, more moderate, where they're Mm -hmm. rejecting what's going on. By the polls, the polls show that on the specific issues, they reject where the Democrats are um, on it. But what I'm fascinated by is you saw it again today when it came out that California's budget deficit is worse than anticipated and much worse than Newsom projected. The tug of war mm-hmm. between California Governor Gavin Newsom and the nonpartisan legislative analyst office is, I have to ask the question. Is anything nonpartisan. nonpartisan in California? Nonpartisan. Uh, you know, well, he, Texas, yes. Austin. <laughs> we'll get to that in a moment about <laughs> yeah. the, the police coverage in Austin. Uh-huh. They don't have enough police in certain areas. There was one area had zero police at one point over this past weekend. No police to answer a call. Wow. Uh, we'll get to that. Uh, but a tug of war between uh, Newsom and the nonpartisan legislative analyst office. Uh, over the state's projected budget deficit took a new turn Tuesday when they announced a revised shortfall of $73 billion, $15 billion more than previously forecast and significantly more than the $38 billion gap that Newsom has estimated. They reported that recent revenue collection data reflect even further weakness for the state's financial outcome. All else, uh, all else equal, this means the budget problem is likely to be higher when the governor gives his revised projection of the state's finances in May, the group said in a Tuesday update. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but 
I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the -the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Uh, roughly a $24 billion erosion in revenues corresponds to a $15 billion increase in the budget problem. This would expand to $58 billion, uh, estimated deficit to $73 billion under our updated revenue forecast over the next year. And the problem isn't, this is, this isn't, this is reality. It's not, it's not, I know everything is political, but this isn't political. It's reality. If you haven't, if people are moving and you create a tax system in a state where the rich are paying, the top 1% are paying 50% of the taxes. And I think that, and I'm using that as an example because I think it was close to that in New York when uh, Cuomo was president. And that's where he said, we can't do this millionaire. Or tax. governor, yeah. What did I say? President. President of New York, I mean, if you want to phrase it that way, but yeah. Well, well, he he was an almost that, hopeful in that, 2020. That's not a Freudian slip because yeah. he's not he's he's not gonna he's not gonna be the president come November. No, he <laughs> won't. Be. Will not be. No. But re- remember, at, at that we said I can't be for this millionaire's tax. I can't be left because reality is hit right on this. And when you have in these states. So many of these billionaires, and think about it. Think about New York with everything that's happening now. You know, anybody in the corporate world is going, we got to get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because the state, if this stands, the state can come after us for something that is not fraud, but a negotiating tactic. There is no paper being signed that you're, you, you are stating that this is the actual value under penalty of perjury. In fact, the opposite happened. He put a disclaimer on. This is what I believe it's worth. You do your due diligence. Get back. We'll negotiate. And they did. Yep. And so you look at everything else which would make. And, and by the way, you see it with somebody like Elon Musk. Did you ever think that uh, Musk would say, you know, let's go to Texas? Well, I mean, I I wonder how many companies, uh, you know, will will do the same. I mean, 
if you look at like especially the big uh, publicly traded companies, they're going to have to you know go through shareholder uh, approval on things like this. But if you're a shareholder, you got to look at it and go. We need you to protect our money. We need you to be as profitable as you could be. So yeah, you got to go. And so now, I don't know where it is because there is there is going to be this run. You know, we, there's a lot being made about the uh, the trucker strike and you know, or the calling for a trucker strike in New York and the whole thing. This actually, and people have been reaching out to me. What are your thoughts on this? What are your thoughts on this? Well, I don't drive a truck for a living. So it's, it's, but observing it for decades now, you and I have seen it where there's been a, a protest here and a protest there uh, from uh, truckers. But it has been kind of a constant and a growing thing for truckers to say, I'm not going to haul to the Northeast because of tolls, you know, too many tolls, can't make a, a profit. I'm not going to haul California because of the uh, California Air Resources Board and their restriction on engines, I'm not going to haul. You know, so avoiding certain states has been going on for a long time. So where New York may not see this, it won't necessarily be a one-time media attention on a strike by truckers, but more and more companies, including trucking companies, saying, we can't do that. How do you negotiate rates if you're a trucking company in New York. I mean, any, again, any financial transaction where there is any negotiation on rates is going to be under the looking glass and you can't risk that at all. So I think, you know, when it comes to the, uh, a strike, it's not about the strike. I think it's about the long-term effects on that state by all businesses and industries, including trucking. Well, when you heard again, you know, and we've, we stated, about an hour and a half ago, that one thing that worries you, it worries us, is the fact that is this the Democrats? Are they thinking? Because if I'm thinking it, some Democrat socialists have thought of it. You know, yeah, is this right. the is this the ability for us now to control prices of these major corporations? Because as we talked about, when you know, is, and we asked the question, and it's not, but we is the MSRP of every car is that fraud? Right. Everybody knows that's not the worth of the vehicle. Yet that's what they're promoting of, of the MSRP, and you go in and you negotiate. But you can make the case under this law that when dealerships do that, that's fraud. Mm-hmm. Well, dealerships compete, too, uh, by, okay, we'll give you, we've got a, a model here or one car of this model that we're going to discount and, and bring you in, right, um, on the used lot, on pre-owned. Yeah. Same thing. We're going to be, well, they they all want to be competitive. The The dealership is trying to make as much money as they can. And you as a buyer are trying to save as much money as you can. Both of you are at fault, by the way, under the, in, in the eyes of the attorney general of the state of New York. Well, I'm glad you brought up used cars. Uh, I want to sell the vehicle for 20,000 blue book. Blue book says 15 mm-hmm. because the whole point is, what is the fraud of Trump? Because what is the worth of that property? Right. And at that point, nobody knows what the worth of the property is. The only way you know the worth of that property is after all the negotiations have been done, the price that both sides agreed to. 
That's it. Well, remember. And, and so when you talk about used cars, well, how do you know what the true value of a car is? Look, George Costanza was willing to pay more to get John Voight's car <laughs> in Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah. I'll never forget when John, John Voight, J-O-H-N. J-O-H-N. <laughs> and he starts laughing. It's like, get out of the car. Well, and you know, but but think about this. Remember when eBay was really starting to be on the rise and then people would, hey, I'm selling lint I found in my couch. A bag of it for $1 million. And then it would go viral. People would talk about it and laugh at it. For posting the listing, the attorney general could come after you. What stops it? And and when, look, I know that the left knows the problem with this law and how it could be used in other ways by Republicans when Republicans get power in New York in the year 2525. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they know it, and that's why uh, the anchor who was arguing at CNN, uh, Coates, with um, with Kevin O'Leary, mm-hmm. was saying, "Well, this is about basically equity." Yeah, right. You know, this is this is a way to bring uh, this is a way to bring other investors. It's like, yeah, no. So everybody has a chance. Oh, so you so you you say that in order to do the equity, you accuse somebody and convict somebody in civil court of a crime that they did not commit. Well, because she's not saying they have him rock solid and she's a lawyer and said she was a lawyer and I'm waiting for her lawyer speak. And what I got was, well, things aren't fair. And so all the big developers, you know, shouldn't be able to push all the smaller developers out. Well, I didn't know that that was even part of the trial. Yeah. Well, um, but you know, after generations, raising generations of kids to believe that you don't get a score, right, on on the field, everyone gets a trophy. Well, then when it comes to capitalism, everybody gets an opportunity. Everyone on the team gets to play. It doesn't work that way, including the big guys like Trump. There are companies that have been around for a long time, and then all of a sudden, they're gone. That's competition. That's the changing marketplace. Right now, the battle is between Amazon and Walmart. Remember when it was Target and Walmart? Well, it's again, it's going to change, and maybe one day there is no more Walmart. Maybe there's no more Amazon. But who decides that? If we're going to let the government come in and decide, and they're very, on the left, they're very much uh, proponents of deciding winners and losers. Well, then all of a sudden, everyone gets to play, but nobody gets to win. 866-90-RED-EYE. This morning's USDA Farm Report is brought to you by Howes Products. Tested, trusted, guaranteed since 1920.
The final week of meteorological winter looks much more like spring in some parts of the country. According to the National Phenology Network, we are seeing leaf out for trees occurring up to two weeks early in a broad stretch from the southern plains all the way to the Carolinas and southeastern Virginia. And we are also seeing some record early leaf out in parts of northern California as well as the Pacific Northwest, mainly west of the Cascades, where spring also is coming incredibly early this year. USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey says potential ag impacts include vulnerability to freeze events for small grains and blooming fruit crops. But for now, we are looking at temperatures early this week that will be topping 80 in much of Texas. And then following a brief cool down later this week, it looks like that warm weather is going to come roaring back across the south next week even stronger. With the potential for those temperatures to rise and expand to other parts of the country. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. This report brought to you by Cenex Fuels and Loops. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlton, and I'm Gary McNamara. But I really think that's a fascinating question, and I, I know it it hit off inside it, it hit inside me again when Kevin O'Leary started talking about winner and loser states because mm. that will get people upset. But it's and that's fine. I you know it's but what he's saying is economically speaking now because of this decision you're going to have a ton of businesses that say we're done with New York because this isn't a New York City thing. This is a New York thing. Yeah, it's this, is all, this is a, that's the entire state. If if you do business and with everything else going on with with people, it's on their minds all the time. I've got buddies that live, you know, up there and some will tell me, I wish I can move, but I just can't. Right. And others are like, nah, we're going to end up moving. We're going to end up moving. We're going to end up moving there. When you're up there, that one of the the constant conversations going on from everybody every once in a while is should we move? Right. Do we need to get into a lower tax state? And has New York gone too far? It's a regular conversation. Yeah. You're listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. I haven't looked in a while, mm. so I just went to the Babylon Bee, some of the headlines. New York mayor warns migrants if they keep attacking New York Police Department officers, they'll be downgraded to four-star hotels. <laughs> uh, oh, I've, I know what I forgot to tell you. Huh? When I was up in Buffalo, yeah, I'll, remember all the migrants who were at that one ho- the one hotel. Oh yeah, they're yeah, now yeah. suing because of all the criminal activity that was taking place. They're suing the state, or they're either suing the state or the county. They're suing some. They're but but they've got a lawsuit filed now. It's bound to happen. Yeah, yeah, bound to happen. Uh, let me see here. Okay, what else do they have? The headlines from the Pamela B. Trans basketball player achieves rare triple double. 
36 points, 14 rebounds, 11 concussions. <laughs> and wow. that, that's from that story that we did earlier on the show. I mean, that's just, it's reprehensible that that's happening. Uh, I, as, I, as a parent, you know, by the daughter, hmm. I'm going to find another league. I'm going to find something else. But you know something? They're playing high school basketball. They may be trying to get a scholarship. I don't know what I would do. Because she would know well, she would know it was unfair. I'd know it was unfair. But do you but, take it completely away from her? I mean, yeah, that would, you, I, that's my whole point. Yeah. And and by the way, the left knows this too. They know that parents are in that conundrum. They they know how to play this game because they know many of them know they're going to war with the parents, but what do you do? What are you gonna take your child out of sports? move your child to a different school, your child wants to be competitive, which we're going to stifle anyway. But if you want to be the bad guy, parents will let you be the bad guy. And it's maddening. It really is maddening. And we were, were, I believe, the first ones. Now it's been used quite frequently, but we said this a, a long time ago. And thanks to our listeners when it came out, I forgot... Who said that? Somebody in Congress, when they were talking about it late last year, started really attacking the misogyny of it. Yeah, and right. and we got and thanks to the, the the our listeners that remembered said you guys brought that up years ago, and it's true. Yeah, because the misogyny now practiced, which is mainstream in the Democratic Party, because ninety nine percent of the Democrats in Congress are for uh, men playing against women. We know it because of how they voted on the equity bill. Yep. Didn't pass the Senate, but it's there. Yep. And so when you look at, you know, uh, the it's it's unbe- it's unbelievable. I can't, you know, when it comes to identity politics and we talk about the racism, but the racism and misogyny that is so absolutely apparent to anybody who just sits for a moment and looks back and go, what's going on here? Mm hmm. Yeah. And they've mainstreamed it, and then they they dare to sit there and call the other side racist and transphobic. Yeah. And and the other one, the other headline, one more headline. This is my favorite. Hmm. President Xi appointed to serve on San Francisco's election commission. <laughs> Actually, we need to double check that. That might be a real headline. <laughs> We we think the Babylon Bee made that up and didn't borrow that from the Chronicle. <laughs> there, there was one story here in the last week. I forgot what it was. You and I talked about it. We went, well, that's the truth. I forgot what the story right. was. You know, wait a minute. There's nothing. There's nothing exaggerated there. Yeah, this isn't a parody. It's the truth. Yeah, I mean, but but haven't they? Babylon B last year, remember they put out all the things that we have said that came true? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the headlines that we went, these are such ridiculous headlines, but you're trying to make a point, and the Democrats actually go that far and even surpass the parody of what the Babylon B was talking about in the past. Well, the Babylon B, still the writers are, are genius in what they do, except here's the question. Is it getting easier for them because the humor 
lies in the absurdity. And absurdity is reality. And you see it just with simple observation. I'm not saying, again, that they're not genius, but a lot of it is being served up for them pretty easily by the left today. I'll just put it that way. Just like our show. We used to have to work at this. Not anymore. Show prep now is trying to haul it all in and then fit it all in. It's uh, It's got to be quite the same at at the Babylon Bee. Amazing. Good stuff. So this story happening in the state of Texas. Mm-hmm. As we have told people, uh, there's Texas and there's Austin, which yeah. is extremely liberal. Right. Uh, and they were all backing the city council a few years back for defunding the police and all that. Well, what's going on now? A section of Austin, Texas, this from Fox News, was left without a single police officer for a couple of hours on Saturday as the police union's president is blaming ongoing staffing shortages. Austin Police Association President Michael Bullock tweeted Saturday that an entire sector in East Austin went two hours without a patrol officer assigned to that sector. Wow. He said that the department's backfill shift made up of detectives and specialized units pulling double duty had to provide coverage. Bullock blamed the circumstances on staffing woes. He said APD's staffing uh, was at 2006 levels when the city had a quarter million fewer residents. Austin's population is now hovering just under one million. Bullock told Austin's Fox 7 that the situation on Saturday was not normal, as APD would typically have somewhere between 10 to 14 officers that might be available or working that particular time in that location. Hmm. They had zero. A few days before, Bullock said the APD's downtown day shift had only six officers and four got pulled to guard city council. Their downtown day shift. Wow. Had two cops. Wow. So only two officers were available to answer 911 calls, Bullock said. Officers want to help the people of Austin. The city wants bodyguards. Bullock told Fox News Digital that the Austin Police Department is about 500 officers down from where staffing once was and around 700 to 800 officers short of what the city's own studies have previously recommended. Now, if you're somebody who is a conservative and, you know, in Austin and there's still, you know, uh, one or two left. Uh, no, but if you're a conservative. The we're, governor we're, and his staff. <laughs> the guy and the governor's staff. <laughs> uh, you know, we... Uh, we under we understand your predicament, and it's horrible. Yeah. But the fact is, this is what the people of Austin want. Yep. Not yeah. conservatives, not Republicans. No, this is but it. it's Democrat dominated. This is what Democrats want. Yep. They don't 
want police protection. Nope, not at all. It's that simple. They don't wish to protect the citizens of their city. And the local leaders, I mean, if you think about it, politically, this has been going on for a while now. And when you build this out, you're going to have a, again, less of a desire for people to serve as officers in cities like Austin and other liberal cities around the nation. This is exactly what we're seeing. I don't know how you recruit. And then I don't know how you retain after you recruit because that's a big part of it. You get that experience and then boom, you go off to a suburb somewhere and where you're appreciated and local leaders support you and the citizens support you. And that's where you want to serve, where you can do the job. Well, you know, I'm an adult now because now when I go down, when I when I go home, by the time I get into my city, the last seven miles is, you know, roughly on, um, you know, suburban, four-lane suburban streets. Mm-hmm. You know, they're main drags. And I'm always, you know, used to seeing cops go up and down. Mm-hmm. In fact, our police department, I haven't seen it lately. Maybe I am just haven't seen it on Facebook, sometimes the algorithms go long, but they've always had a history of telling you, you know, what they're doing overnight and the people they've got overnight when they make stops. Because my police department in my city, if you have a light out and you're going down that road, they're going to pull you over. Yeah, right. And, but I look and like I said, you can tell I'm an old adult now, a very old adult, because I have, you know, if I was uh, 16 with my license, it would be, Oh, good. We don't see any cops. And now it's like, where are the cops? Normally I see three or four going home. Where are they? They hiding. So, you know, I mean that it's now, it's now a concern. When you think about that in, in Austin and we said when they started supporting the whole defund the police stuff, I mean, that was insane. That was absolutely insane. And number, number, that's number one. Number two, it was based on a lie. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And, and now you created an environment where people don't want to serve as police officers. Yep. And that shortage will continue. I don't know what turns that around, actually. I don't know how long that shortage could go on. Well, you know, you, you talk about, uh, you know, police officers, and we talk to a lot of police officers who say, look, the public is really great. But if you're a police officer out there and you know you're not getting any res- respect from the public, that's something that probably could bother you. I mean, but if you're dealing with criminals, you might expect that. There's going to be a certain antagonism. But when the people in your management, which is the city that you work for, is doing everything possible to make the job that you're doing and sacrificing, and I, I've i said this all along, uh, that it, because the excuse is, you'll hear this, well, they volunteer for it, so... You know, they shouldn't be complimented for it. No, the fact that they volunteered to do these jobs is why we should let them know how much that we appreciate them and how we wish to make it as a city council and as a city so they can do their job, which I'll use the the, the, the stereotypical logo so they can protect and serve. Right. Which is true. It may be a stereotype that you see out there. But it's true. That's what they do. And well, but they they took a lie. 
And we brought up the study yesterday because the guy who did the study from Harvard, you know, they couldn't find any racism. In fact, it's more likely that was the, the study that was done. And they did it twice because they didn't believe it. It's more likely that a white person will be shot hmm. from the study that they did than a black or Hispanic person. Right. The odds are, uh, you know. And when they did that, you know, they were told, you better not print this. You better not print this. He said, I'm a researcher. And he printed it. And he said he was shocked. He was he thought it was going to be complete opposite. Because right. that's where the narrative of the public was. Police departments are systemically racist to hunt down and kill blacks. That was a lie. Yep. And he, not only was it promoted by Black Lives Matter, it was promoted by corporate America. It was promoted by the NBA. It was promoted by the NFL. Probably everybody else got in. Mm-hmm. And it was based on a lie. Everybody was in on the lie. Yep. And here we are now. And now, yeah. now Struggling to find people who want to serve. Yeah. You bought a lie, Austin, and now this is what you're dealing with. Right. And the criminals have their way. Right. Maybe next time you shouldn't buy into a lie. Maybe you should seek to find the truth. Of course, not talking to our There's listeners. a novel idea. 866-90-RED-EYE. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. I saw this story yesterday. Hmm. Uh, a, a Pennsylvania food supplier warns Americans are getting squeezed by inflation and are now becoming resistant to higher prices. This is what we were bringing up, uh, I think it was last week. You know, are they getting to the point of, you know, this is the new normal things? Well, because at some point you have to start believing that prices aren't coming down. They're not going to come back down. You're not going to regain that spending power. I mean, it's only natural to reach that point where you go, mm, yeah, I guess this is it. You know, I notice every time I go to the supermarket now, every single time, doesn't matter what I buy, my bill's over a hundred bucks. Yeah. Right. And, and I think back to even a year ago, and I'd have a bunch of times I'd go 55, 60, 70, yeah. whatever. Right. Every, and I'm not, I haven't changed my purchasing habits. No, it's expensive. It's increase. It is. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. 
Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was the three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.